0: Welcome back to Moot Trailer News Podcast. Here's your host Chris here with Ro. And we are doing another review for a film uh, that actually de- debuted last year at the Toronto Film Festival. I think Ro saw it, then I did not. I'm seeing it at the Bentonville Film Festival this year. Uh, Beans, uh let's see it. Uh based on the true events, Desi, uh Tracy Deere's debut feature chronicles the 78-day standoff between two Mohawk communities and the government force in 1990 in Quebec. Is directed by Tracy Deer and it's also written by her. Um, I will She's say,
1: actually of the Mohawk people, so right.
0: She's and so this is basically based off. Of, and I think this is the thing that helps with this, and that's why the the I feel like the synopsis on the films don't help on both what I saw on IMDb and then also what was shown on the Bentonville site when I looked at this. It's very important to understand that this film is coming from. Um, the point of view of the young girl on this film who is also basically kind of based off of Tracy herself. Look, I was doing some reading on this and basically it's, she was talking about how this was traumatizing for her and mm-hmm. and and this is part of like <laughs> perfect therapy <laughs> to kind of work walk through this and walk through um what they endeared because I mean it's one of the things again this is these are from events that took place in 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 1990 in in, in Canada but it feels so very real and relevant, doesn't it? It's just infuriating how time changes, but things stay the same. So,
1: Well, I mean, I thought it was great. And I say that not, not in the sense of, you know, pom-pom great. We This will be set in, in Canada, and we don't really get a lot of history that's from America. Mm-hmm. So remembering that imperialism and colonialism was a thing world wide and what that meant and what the parallel experiences of all those different people who ended up being marginalized starting from the indigenous people of this country and this this continent out it's 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 kind of interesting for me to see these movies that are talking about you know these uprisings this these this fighting and i don't like the word uprising i mean really They don't call them uprising when they're white people. Mm -hmm. But when they talk about like um, protesting and pushing back and what it looks like, but when you really get into it, she uses this whole mixture of the, the reenactment story with the the 12 year old girl beans, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of actual footage that she pulled. So you got archival footage in here where she switches out from the movie being made and inserts in real scenes that were happening in these seventy-eight days, mm-hmm. yeah, and and you and and it's jarring because it 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 still feels like it works, and when you see the scenes, they all look feel real contemporary. And so yeah, you're right, and it's real.
0: You know, it's mm-hmm. this idea of of, and I think it's important to see this because a lot of times what you and it's so weird to me because like even now when we talk about protesting and. See these protests that happen here in the U.S., you know, we kind of, we tend to forget and make it seem like these people are so old, but these are young people that are still protesting. you got people that are in their upper teens and in mid-20s that are protesting and on these streets doing this stuff, right? So it, it's, 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 you know, what I'm about to say here, I understand that it's still young people normally doing this stuff, but I think it's important to see this, like, what this affects a young girl. I mean, what, she was, what, 14? 12. 12? Yeah, 12 years old. 12 years old um, on the front lines with her mom and dad as they literally, and again, it's so, it, it's, it's so ridiculous that you find out that this is a real event that has happened over this. They basically wanted to expand a golf course into a sacred burial ground.
1: And into into uh, sacred land. It wasn't just a burial ground. Right, wasn't just a burial ground. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there definitely was But it definitely was a bar- like it definitely. Yeah, was they a cemetery. totally wanted to upend the right. Mohawk uh, burial ground.
0: They, they definitely want to do that. Like, so it wasn't just the burial ground, but like I guess that was the the, the thing that got me because at one point it's early in the film too. It's not a spoiler. There's one point you know being are said to come across the part of this, the cemetery there, and they're cleaning up the golf balls because it's, it's right there by the golf the existing golf course, and I'm just like. The disrespect, the disrespect off of that alone, but then you wanted to expand it. And it's just like, and I think at that point, they also made sure to use, and I think this is where, like, going to what you were saying, why this film works is they use actual footage. So you can't even go, oh, you're, you're over-exaggerating. You're being, you're being, come on, stop guys. That didn't really happen. No, they use actual footage of so people are basically going like, what, are we, what what's the problem?
1: yeah I don't see and don't then see the they're problem. like, well, if they don't like it, they can leave and I'm like, but you it's straight the, up right. trying to not only are you trying to take a burial, it's their land right right it's, it's not good enough that you pushed them onto reservations. It's not good enough that you like basically snatched up generations of their kids and put them into these missionary schools to beat their culture out of them mm-hmm. you and you, then you violated the first contract to go and steal land because you decided that you wanted the minerals. Now you're going to come back. And take what little you gave left them
0: mm-hmm. for a golf and course, and you like
1: for a fucking golf mm. for a
0: golf course. For a but g- I think
1: golf yeah, what really killed me about it is when I first saw this was right around the time that they were talking about the land that is now Manhattan Beach, mm-hmm. that essentially they had run a black family oh, yeah, off I mean, of. Yeah. And then stolen through when they could, when the clan couldn't burn them out, they stole the land through eminent domain. And now the lots are worth 20 mil a piece. And they're talking about maybe paying these people 200,000 to go into a fund towards um betterment of black community. Instead of playing the people whose descendants, and by the way, one of the people who they stole the shit from is still alive instead of giving them their money. So watching Bean for me and realizing that. Like this. Not only is this like an unsanitized look, but it's a look through the eyes of a teenager who's got to go through this mess,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, not even a teenager. Yeah, you said it. it's, it's like preteen.
1: Yeah, she's like barely a tween, yeah. barely,
0: you know. And and so you're getting. And so I think it's important. And the reason why we're bringing this up because I think it's important to make sure you understand that you're not really getting a lot of. It's not focusing on the the focus of this movie isn't. The protests or even the land dispute. The focus of this movie is really showing you that what the effects of this has on the people that live through it and not just the adults, but the kids. You know, particularly the young kids who see this, who who, you know, are taught to be proud of their culture and have parents that are very, you know, proud of their culture and willing to defend their land. And what it means to have them also try to because uh, you know at one point she's you, you you open the film up with her trying to get accepted into this i i, I don't know it's not so is it a private school or prep school or whatever it is she's trying to she's trying to uh, get a scholarship and get into um
1: yeah it's a private school yeah private, it's like a, right. one of those hoity-toity pwi academies
0: <laughs> right right and so you're having to do that where you know, a, later, a later character later says why you want to go to that white school you know. Um, Story of my fucking life. Right. I mean wanting to go having to do with that, but also just opposing that with this idea of, hey, why people really don't fucking like you. Yeah. And and don't care. I mean, there are some really angering and jarring scenes in this film that I I think do a really good job of driving that and, and again the pr- reason why I said that is that's the point of those scenes, to to drive that emotion in you so you can get upset. Like there's a scene where in, um, the scene that stands out to me the most, and I'm like, it's and I'm, I, I was just like, you know, this happened, and I know this happened because I see it happen today, when the um women and children were being were driving to the hotel, they were leaving, they were leaving the front lines because they were getting way too hot, so they were leaving there, and the cops stood by as these white people took rocks and threw them at the cars, right, and breaking one, and you literally have like it's it's a it's perfectly shot because. It slows again, this is when you use slow motion right, it slows down, and you see the slow motion of the people throwing the rocks while you also have the cops standing there with their arms folded, just looking around like they're not doing anything, and you feel the anger that comes after in a scene after that you feel the anger towards the cops after that' you're just like you're supposed to be protecting people. What right. are you doing, and you just stood by and let them be attacked. What are you doing
1: and you've got this young girl who mm. Is, you know, people have a tendency to hypersexualize girls, especially when they get about her age. They start experimenting mm-hmm. with makeup and what their clothes are going to look like and, you know, who their friends are going to be. And you've got some friends on one side of you saying you need to t- toughen up. Then you've got your parents on the other side of you who want you to stay a child as long as possible. And one of those scenes that you're talking about is, like, the first time where Beans actually says a cuss word and then turns right around and covers her mouth. And she's still surrounded by all her, like, stuffed animals and dolls because mm-hmm. she's still a child. Mm-hmm. But when she goes in town with some of the other girls, there's another thing. She's not treated like she's a child. Mm -mm. You know, no one's trying to sanitize this conversation around her, but they're also not really explaining some of these things to her. So that like the the lead actress, this is I think this is her debut Mm -hmm. and she's phenomenal. Mm hmm and the way that she handles kind of the cognitive dissonance between the, the violent standoff that's going on and what her parents are telling her about standing up for their culture and their community and their heritage. And then her mother strongly encouraging her to apply to this school where, you know, what do you want us to call you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. And then you've got, you've got these, other, these other issues going on. And I was just like, it's very, this is very impressive work. And uh, it's made by indigenous people. And so you don't kind of get this overwhelming desire to find some kind of way to explain away how messed up what's happening is by finding a way to center some part of the story in a way that allows you to, quote, redeem or alleviate the bullshit of white people. And I, I don't think the movie ever starts to feel like it's bashing or dragging people down. Um, or, you know, it's, it's like the pointed commentary is all about things that are happening in Bean's life. Mm -hmm. But when you put it back within the context, the larger context of the Oka crisis and what that meant, and like, I think there's one, it's not really a spoiler, but it's kind of like a scene where people on the res start to realize what's going to happen when they need to go in town to get supplies. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't even really think about that. And, you know, as someone who lives in a country where a lot of people uh, who are the same shade as I am are just like, you know, we just need to secede. And then they never have an answer to where or we need to burn it all down. And then, you know, people my age, because they really like to make me feel old. And it's rude because my is old. I'm not old. But if you tell my I said that, I'm going to cut you, Chris. You know, they start to do these things where you don't really think about what's the measured... Response: What's the preparation that we have to have because the response from the other side is going to be unhinged?
0: Well, and I think that's the thing that I like about it is, again, using the mix of actual footage, especially like I feel like they use the actual footage for the especially egregious things, right? Right. So things like that, we literally have people say literally saying, "Starve them out, kill them all," right? It's like, yeah, that was that was actually a real person. That was a that was a real that was a that was a real white person. Who, again, all this over because these people decided to, you know, say, not our, not on our land. You don't right. get to, you don't get, you've taken so much from us, you don't get to take this for a goddamn golf, golf course. I, I just, that's the thing that gets me. It's like, you guys went through all this for a golf course? Are you fucking out of your goddamn, like, what is wrong with you? But again, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know this happens all the time. But it's just another one of those things how, of like... Come how many
1: on. black communities underwater? Because somebody said what our town is missing is a lake.
0: I know. I know. I'm just saying it just, it's just one of those things <laughs> of
1: like... Yeah. When you
0: see, again, just when you see it. And you, and again, the anger from the other side where they can't even at any point even begin to sympathize.
1: Right. It's right? just...
0: It's It's no it's sympathy. So, yeah. Right? No sympathy. No understanding. We've given you enough. Why more? Uh, but this film is so much more than that too, because you also deal with again the fact that um, young know, girl beans is, is is preteen, so she's also dealing with hormones, she's dealing with um, her own sexuality um, and and growing into that and gr- and and puberty, right? And oh. so there's a whole other thing here with her wanting to be with these older kids, and and she because she has a crush on one of the boys there, and dealing with that, right? It, it's it's this, so you see her. You know, and um, her relationship with her parents—like you, you, you get all these things. It's, it's, and and it's not like it's it. In some cases, it might seem like it's out of place, but I'm like, well, no, this is this is this is a siege that takes six, seventy, eight days. This is yeah. a girl who uh is coming to middle school, which is trying to do all this stuff, wants to know more about her community, but also wants to feel like she's part of the community and feel like she's she's coming to her own. How do you learn these things? You learn these things by you know interacting with the other kids and if the other you know you might run into um you know the the kids that aren't the greatest role models and things like that, and it's all happening in the backdrop of this siege just going on right it's like this is just normal it's a normal thing in this abnormal event that's happening here and and I think that it also kind of humanized the whole story. Because 'cause you're like yeah this is. This is what you normally see. Just normally there's not, you know, an occupation that's happening to shut down a bridge and, you know, her people are also fighting for their lives and she's also trying to understand what does it mean to be Mohawk, right? Right. Do do, do, do I lose a part of myself if I go into the school. Again, think about having that 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 decision as a twelve year old too. It's like, you know, there's a moment there, again, not spoilers, where her mom and her dad early on are having this conversation about You know, does she who's bullying her to go to the school? Does she really want to go? Why does she need to go to that school? Why does she need to go off the rest of it? Why? Why do any of these things do? Does she? Is this really her choice? Is it her mom's choice? And 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 being a 12 year old, having to make that decision.
1: Right. But I like the fact that they didn't kind of make it seem like it was, they never took the, 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 the movie never stops being focused on her and then to a lesser extent her younger sister. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that because they like to take agency away from girls
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they like to make it seem like, um, without the guidance of like, even if you're getting someone else's input and you're getting someone else's opinion at the end of the day, the decision is still yours. And we get a lot of coming of age stories that are with white um, protagonists and even black protagonists, where at some point in time, they always make it seem like you get a little bit of savior ask from somewhere else coming in. And they didn't do this in this movie. So all the stuff that you're talking about, you kind of get the complex play out, but you also have to remember there is not a single non-white child on this globe who gets to come of age in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And if they do, the second they step outside the personal bubble their parents have created for them, the world bitch slaps them in the face. So unlike how it didn't work in the movie, suburbia suburbicon wanting to tell a story against the backdrop of a, the truth of an actual, um, racial, animus and uh, uh, an, uh an event of uprising of some nature where it doesn't work there because there really is no point to having the protest of the first black family moving into this neighborhood when they're fully d de- you know they're not, they're not they're not they're not they're barely the point They're no point in the story right mm-hmm. you've got this and they blended in the story of Beans within these actual events, and you get enough touchstones to what's actually going on to real life that there's never a point where you feel like someone in the back of your head is screaming, is this real life or is this reality? It makes sense that Beans' life still had to continue and that she still had to con- to make these decisions and try to navigate what was going on in her home, in her social circle. Um, the fact that uh, non-white kids, to a certain extent, have to start making these really hard decisions that will definitely permeate through the rest of their life and career at 10, 11, and 12 when you're coming out of middle school, trying to go into high school, and in some cases in middle school with respect to your education, because you can't trust the public education that you're getting because the white people have been given permission to pull all their money out. So now the school that you as a non-white person would go to is underfunded and under, understaffed and under everything. So I think it's, it's a really smart iteration of the coming-of-age story to put it in this aspect. And then to have all the people who made this movie actually be indigenous, there's just so much history in here about what you get mm. about lost language of people on the reservation who don't know, who are fully disconnected from their history because they were taken from their home and raised by missionaries. I'm using the nice word for colonized white people who came by way of religion and then thrown back on the reservation Mm -hmm. as though right because what they wanted to do was beat and breed their culture and their 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 native ethnic ethnic connection to each other out of them right so i think it i think it makes sense and it's just a really interesting story and uh her little buddy april Mm -hmm. is not with the shits but Again, a completely different look at a coming-of-age story of someone that Beans is looking at and saying, I could end up like this really easily. Well, and then there's... Well, maybe kind of, but then also not, because oh, oh, April has
0: some other things going on with her dad and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean... There's, I, there's didn't, some, I
1: didn't mean that part of April's right. story. I didn't even, right, right, like... Right, 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 yeah. right. I mean, there's some other... Other things Ooh. going on there, right.
0: I mean, but, but again... like. <laughs> Being able to throw that in you know and I, and I'm I'm not saying throw that in there as if it's like an afterthought but to put that in there to add depth to the character and mm-hmm. I think what really works here is the fact that this is written and directed by a woman who 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 lived through this Tracy Deer right. went through this and I think that it's it's you can tell right I um I I just put up gunpowder milkshake today and I think one of our big, biggest problems is like you could tell that it was written by and directed by a man Right. There's just too many elements in that film where you're just like, not saying that men can't direct films that star women and things like that, or can't write those films. They can, but like, you got to put work into it and you got to really understand it. But it's also still different when you have somebody that has a lived experience honestly it right. just, well, it if just you want
1: to write a story that requires somebody to have had some part of the lived experience to at least be able to extrapolate from there yeah they should be involved in your project and, that, and that's thing
0: too it's like at the very least they got to be involved and i think that what works really well with beans is that you can tell you can tell the emotional scenes the the ups the downs like the the fear you know the mm-hmm. anger like all the emotional spectrums that you feel in this this movie feel genuine because you feel like they are earned and they're put in there by somebody who, who cared, who understood what it was. And so I think that's what makes this film work very, very well. Um, it makes sense to me that uh, this debut last year at Toronto Film Festival. They do uh, always make sure they highlight um, uh, indigenous films uh, in Canada and also just film's based in canada a lot um so you get a lot of those actually at the toronto film festival um yeah and so this and makes shout them,
1: out you know. to this director to making it out of the toronto film festival of one of i believe four projects that actually hit prominence to still be unproblematically able to associate with her film <laughs> yeah i mean trickster got their ass in trouble i not even know about I'm, that. yeah yeah, well, Trickster ended up on CBS as an episodic show, and it turns out that the tribe that the person, the 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 indigenous people that the person made, claimed a relationship to, the council came out and said, "Who this?" Ooh, ooh. Um. Yeah, and then mm. the other one was a documentary. It's a brilliant documentary based on a book, um. And the woman who made it made uh, overstatements of her connection to the indigenous people, mm. and. Somebody who clearly ain't got no connection to the indigenous people came out and said, "So we not related no more."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm looking mm-hmm. at this on on IMDb where she says she had done this on. Um, yeah, she has a semi-autobiographical semi-autobi- story based on historical events that Deer lived through as a child. While she included harsh events, she also said she wanted to avoid having the film be traumatic for viewers. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, she said yeah. she began writing the script this, in 2012. This, it was a long seven-year, <laughs> yeah, a long seven-year process. Partly because revisiting the Oka crisis brought up a lot of difficult memories. She sought therapy to help her deal with that. Yeah, I mean,
1: so yeah. what you're saying is we need to have a couple of other artists who are from diaspora, the, their particular diaspora, go talk to her therapist. Mm-hmm.
0: Or, or Red. not even that, but like tell their stories unapologetically, yeah. right? Well, I mean, and that's what again. There- I, I will say this because I one last thing I want to say. It's not as traumatic as you. It is not. It like you said, the the film is not as. It, you didn't want the film to be too traumatic? Traumatic, which then makes me go like, what will did you go through? Because if if this wasn't too traumatic for you, and you still had to go to therapy, and it's still a to go unpack, that should tell you how much it was not put into here. Um. But it it, it it it's not the focus, right? The focus really is on the young girl and her kind of experiencing all this stuff. At the time and some of that is traumatic, um. But there are some moments of joy. There are some moments of hey, this is just a little girl being a little girl, you know, very humanizing stuff. That sometimes I hate to say that we need to do as, um, uh, uh as non-white people sometimes. But, um, yeah, some.
1: Yeah. yeah, I I, I do want to say just from the, the perspective of you know, I tend to get a little political. Uh, this movie stays accessible from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the conflict is there. It's the, it, it's done in such a way to where it actually made me go look up because I wanted to know more about what happened. Um, I felt Same. like it was a connection. Also, I saw this right around the times that they were doing the Keystone Pipeline sit-ins and the oh, um, the protests and all of that stuff. So there was a bit of a resonance there, and it was very interesting to see how what happens now and how people gathered. But it but but the story, the idea that this this set of circumstances forced somebody to have to navigate the re- their regular schmegular life mm-hmm. in this now dangerous setting it stays accessible. It's, 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 not, like you said, it's not overly done. It doesn't go to like a dark place in many of the places where it could, but it always stays realistic. And I found it to be interesting and I found it to be timely. And I think that there are some people it's not going to hit with because we've been trained to think that our coming of age stories are supposed to be sweet or so terrible as to leave you completely discombobulated at the end. And I think that somewhere, this, threads the needle somewhere in the middle very nicely. Yeah.
0: Um would you give it out of ten. Uh this is a
1: seven for me. Okay.
0: What about you? Yeah, I would say a seven and a half. Seven and a half. Um yeah, I think I think again, this is the first film. I think done really, really well. Um like I said it came out in Toronto Film Festival. We'll see if it gets picked up um uh, somewhere. Or has it already gotten picked up?
1: Uh not that I know of, I don't know. I mean, it's back at Bentonville, so they're looking for something from somewhere. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, all right. Well, stay tuned. We got more stuff coming out from Bentonville uh, and Fantasia Fest and just so some regular reviews. So stay tuned for that. Make sure to subscribe, Movie Trailer Reviews, iTunes, It's Radio and Spotify. Uh, we will be back soon. Until next time, we are out of here. Peace.